What's going on guys? Welcome to episode 40 of NBA Unwrapped. This is Perry Aston, joined by Christian McGowan. What's going on, my man? Ooh, this one got me hyped. I like this intro. I know, we're gailing it right now. Oh. we got a special guest today too, Starks Industry from the Fantasy Unicorns. What's going on, bro? Hey, what's going on, guys? It's good to be here. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. We're getting into this. we got a perfect intro song. Christian and I are super hyped. Give us some pre-workout. We're getting uh, going. Monster drink 20 minutes ago. Let's just rattle Dude, it. Just shotgun two rock stars, <laughs> and we're ready to get this shit. Second shift. Let's go. <laughs> so we got a special guest, Starks, from the Fantasy Unicorns. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Such a pleasure. Me and him follow each other on Twitter. Been talking for a little bit now, a couple months. I know you said you just got into this. A couple months ago, tell us a little bit about how you got into it, a little bit about yourself for our listeners before we do the rest of our intro. Absolutely. So, you know, I've been actually pondering about this for years, me and Kevin talking about doing a podcast on my own, and sometimes you got to have a hand to, to finally give you that push or that kick in the butt, and we started about two months ago as far as basketball goes. I mean, too much knowledge to be given out there, and that's what we want to do for the fans. Yeah, I know they focus a lot on fantasy basketball, which we will talking about a little bit later on the episode. But we're going to follow all the stuff going around the NBA right now and talk about the crazy news that is happening around the league before we do. Reminding you guys to catch us on podcast.com, switching completely over from SoundCloud to there. So it's a little bit of a transition period for us right now. But we are always on the Apple Podcast app, so make sure you're checking us out on there. Leaving a nice review for us. Much appreciated. Love you guys on Twitter. So interactive with me. With anybody else jumping on there, Christian jumps on the Twitter as much as he can as well. Yeah, always dur- helping During bathroom out. breaks. Yeah. Even when I pee, I'm sitting down and on Twitter. So. Even when he pees, he's thinking about NBA. Starks, again, thank you so much for joining us. Let's start with Greg Popovich. Let's give a little round of applause to Greg Pop. I would say I think the best coach of all time. I think you've said that as well. I think so has Corbin, our other co-host that isn't with us tonight. I think he's the best all time. He passes Pat Riley for fourth on the all-time NBA wins list for head coaches. Starks, give me your opinion on Pop, what he's been able to do, and this sustained dynasty that he's had for about 20 years now. Absolutely. I'm ready to take people on for a ride. I'll say this about Popovich in general, passing up Riley, which is awesome. You may not have mentioned Phil Jackson yet, but segueing a little bit off of that, Phil Jackson is going to be always known to have all those championships, but Pop is the one that brings the different uh, solitude around where he has that mentality and players' mentalities to focus on him, where players are going to actually listen to him. Versus Phil Jackson, I'm not saying that the, the players wouldn't listen to Phil Jackson, but Phil Jackson had the zen. Popovich will make you feel convicted. He'll call you out whether you're a superstar or not, but he'll make it known that he demands that power and attention. With that being said, I think Popovich is one of the best, if not the best. I always saw Phil as more of a manager of talent, and I saw Greg Popovich as someone who brought talent out of players that you wouldn't necessarily see them there. So to me, his legacy is going to be the players that he made great, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Tim Duncan, Players that, if not went through Popovich, probably would have had a much different career path. Right. Probably would have been the stars that they were. So Bruce Bowen, Danny Green, even a lot of these guys that made their name with Pop. Look at Patty Mills right now, who is just such a serviceable point guard for that team. And is going to have a great career for however long it lasts. No one even know who that was if he wasn't knocking down threes for Pop and he wasn't a perfect system player. He's a system guy. You automatically compare NBA to NFL and you think of the two longest dynasties that we've seen lately and it'd be the Spurs and the Patriots and it's funny to see the different demeanor for both coaches with Popovich very fun loving he sometimes says one word sometimes he's making you laugh joking around Bill Belichick he's right there with him when he just says one word but isn't the other playful side as much for Bill Belichick except sometimes he'll drop like a very Bland joke and everyone like ha ha ha. That's so if he funny. chuckles, that's Bill Belichick like dying. That's a win. Yeah, that's a win. I would say the Spurs, the way they've been able to keep it going for this long, Popovich, you're confident that no matter what roster they give him, he's able to get them to the playoffs. If that's a seven or an eight seed, right now they lost their shooting guard and point guard of the future, Lonnie Walker and Murray. 
they're both out pretty much for the, whole the year, year, and they're still finding a way to compete. They beat the Lakers three out of four times this year. Shh, don't say that. Yeah, I'm just saying they have found a way that they're going to compete. I know DeMar DeRozan and Aldridge, it's not like you're left with a bunch of bums. You still have people that can run this team, and like we said, it's a Popovich-led team. All odds are against the Spurs, and we'll just kind of see how Pop is able to continue coaching the way he is, at least for this year. I'm excited to see if they'll slip into the playoffs or not. I think they will. Popovich handles adversity better than any other coach in the NBA. These next years coming up, whether this year or next year, will be the final test for him. A little bit of news for WNBA. Derek Fisher, former Laker, he's now transitioning from the NBA to the WNBA. He'll be the head coach of the Los Angeles Sparks, who play in Staples Center. So it's, of course, a storybook ending for Derek Fisher. How do you like his fit in the WNBA Starks? Do you think this is a good move for his career? I'm glad that you mentioned that. Now, Perry, I know, actually, you, Christian, as well, you guys are Laker fans, right? Of course. We believe right, we course, believe right? those two colors. To death. <laughs> right, so, you know, I know you guys are fans, but, you know, to be honest with you guys, I'm scared for you guys, brother. You know, I was listening to his interview joining the Knicks, and to be honest, he was sounding good. You know, he was looking like he was turning a new leaf, had proper posture, a good etiquette, a man of good words, until I heard he's going to have some wrinkles with the triangle offense. As soon as I heard that, that was the recipe in my mind for disaster. And a lot of things that stuck out of my mind, quickly I just thought about Phil Jackson back in the Knicks, back in 2014 and 15. Only had 17 wins as a coach back then. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen to WNBA. I'm not saying that. But to say about the triangle offense, a recipe that doesn't work anymore, it could work in the WNBA, but my logic is I don't know if it is. And another thing that sticks out, if any triangle worked for him in the triangle offense, I'm going to say it was with Matt Barnes and his ex-wife. I think that's ah, <laughs> Yes! I was definitely going to bring that up if you did. Let's get it. I love that. <laughs> so WNBA life for Derek Fisher sticking around in LA at Staples. So we'll see how the rest of his career starts to pan out. Wasn't the most successful run as a coach in the NBA. But we'll see how this all unravels. <laughs> Next we have the Suns president, was it? Or general the manager, owner. the owner. He threatened yeah. the Phoenix City Council that he's going to move the team to either Seattle or Las Vegas if they don't approve the plans for their new stadium. This is big news. This actually dropped today. wasn't on our original outline that I shared with you last night, Stark. So this is something we're both kind of talking about for the first time right now. It's shocking. I was living the last five years in Phoenix. I'm fresh from Phoenix. The life there, I, yeah, right. Yeah, oof, that's the right fucking word for it. It's hot. It's hot. Uh, right now, not so much. It's actually a bit chilly. It does get a little cold up there because it's the desert winters. So if anyone's up there, I'm sure you're rocking a North Face or something. Not like it's anything compared to the East Coast or Ohio. So, you know, I'm blessed. Honestly, it's not the place that you want to be to start a successful franchise. Me and Christian just briefly talked to you about this before the podcast. Scottsdale is a really cool town there. It's got a lot booming, a lot of clubs, a lot of nightlife, a lot of energy. But it doesn't have the size of Phoenix where you need to have a team, to have a fan base. So if you can almost mix those together, which it should be, considering it should be the whole state of Arizona rooting for this team, you might be able to figure it out. It might have more of a Staples vibe or something if you had it in Scottsdale, but that's just not feasible. So you're in Phoenix, which is growing. It's a city that's cheap to live in, so a lot of people are there. But you don't have the diehards. You don't have the people that are at the games, been there for 20 years, rooting for the success. Christian said it best. It's just not that right kind of city for it. It's not the right economy. It's not a place that attracts free agents. It doesn't have a real true suburb outside of it for players to live in, so you have to almost live in the city. It's just a weird fit. I honestly would love to see them go back to Seattle. I don't like Las Vegas for professional teams, Oakland Raiders. We can talk about that later. I just think this is the time to bring a team back to Seattle. If he does, he could capitalize on it. You have stars that I think would be more inclined to want to go there in free agency. And the call for not necessarily the Sonics, but a team in Seattle, it's time. The Seahawks have proven they can support a major franchise right. there and create a fan base. When Seattle was winning, weren't they known as like the 12th man, the fan base in Yeah, I mean, their, their WNBA team has a pretty good following too. I remember they're pretty much in the playoffs every single year. They're not void of a fan base. I think they're still a little salty about the feeling of the Thunder getting ripped from them, you know, getting relocated to Sonics, becoming the Thunder. I know you said you're a Thunder fan. We're going to talk about Stark's weird NBA, NFL, MLB kind of lineup 
considering he's from Ohio and has a different team in different states. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. I want to ask you, Starks, do you think this is him just trying to kind of big dick the city council and just force them and their hand to give approval for this stadium? Or do you think this is a true possibility that they're going to move? I just feel like it's just controversy kind of creates cash in a way. So if you bring a little bit of controversy into a situation or a city, it might light a fire under up some people where they may be able to kind of stick around. But I think it's just more of a warning sign. I just think it's more hearsay because, I mean, like you guys were mentioning, it has productive stuff there. So, I mean, why would you kind of just go ahead and push the button? Right. Eject button, but I mean, you could do it anyway. Basically, what it boils down to is he needs a loan from the city to build this new stadium. So if he doesn't get the loan, I'm not sure maybe he even has the money to move the team. It seems that they either stay in the old stadium or you don't move. I you mean, have the money. you have to look at an owner like the Clippers with Balmer. He's got so much money that he's practically funding the Inglewood move himself. You have other owners, presidents, whoever that like Magic Johnson who practically would probably take out his paycheck and write up for a new stadium if anything ever happened to Staples. You know there's Mark Cuban if something God forbid happened to their stadium or if he just got bored one day, you know he would have no problem just buying a new stadium like it's a fucking car. Some of these owners you almost feel like they would do it themselves, but you do have a point. You know, I don't think his pockets are that deep, obviously deep enough to own a, a team. Who knows if they do say no, do you have the money to be like, okay, we're moving the team, I'm going to pay for this, and at that point, do you get the Seattle City Council in there financially to saying, help move stuff? So we Do other small market teams saying, hey, we'll loan you a billion dollars, you want to come build it in Slidell, Louisiana. Slidell. <laughs> <laughs> so some po-dunky town. Shout out Slidell. Shout out Slidell. listeners that we have from Fun there. fact, they almost built Disney World there. Really? Yeah. So let's, I, let's move on from Christian's fun facts. The trade of the week or trade of the month, the Bucks for Nostalgia's stake have traded Della Vadova and traded for John Henson, a future first and second in 2021. And the Bucks received George Hill, Sam Decker, and about $18 million in cap relief next season. So guys, I'll start off with Perry. How do you feel about this trade from the Bucks standpoint, saving $18 million, and then how happy are you to see Delhi back? I think it's a win-win, to be honest, for both teams because of the Bucks saving $18 million in cap space coming to the new offseason with the plans that they have. They're a team that competes right now and a team that has beat all of the big guys in the East multiple times. They're a competitor. I wouldn't be shocked to see them move on to the Eastern Conference Finals on some weird kind of fluky series with rather the Celtics or the Raptors, something like that, or they face one of them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I wouldn't be surprised about that. And if they add one more piece with the money that they have, this could be a team that is a serious contender moving forward for years to come with Giannis playing the way he's playing. He's my pick for MVP right now with LeBron at a close second. Giannis is playing out of his mind right now. Imagine you had an amazing shooter next to him. Something that like team that. is lethal. Right, and they have a new coaching staff there, so it's a whole new culture. They spent a ton of money on their new stadium that they have, I believe, just this last year. Giannis is happy. That's who you got to keep happy. He wasn't when they fired Jason Kidd. So clearly the moves following that have been in his favor and he's been a fan of. They all are very dedicated to the community there. I see it all the time. Some teams post a lot more than others. And they're posting all the time about some of the players' interaction within the town. So I could see Giannis staying there for a while and then building something special there in Milwaukee. Because it's not a big market, but it's also not the tiniest one around. They got the Packers there or diehard fans. You, you know you have the ability to grow something special in Green Bay. Like we were just talking about with Phoenix, if it even has that ability. Or Seattle, that they've proven it with the Seahawks and so forth. It's the same kind of situation here. I believe Green Bay or Wisconsin in general has a good fan base. It's one of those small market teams showing you that it can happen. With heart, yeah. Yeah, heart. You have to you know, get some drafts right. Some guys have to get good. But I don't see why if you add me like a Kevin Durant or a Kawhi Leonard yeah. optimistically. If they can get Kevin Durant, exactly. that would be insane. Yeah, you but, at least have to make the room to get one of those guys. Right. You have to be in it to win it. Put yourself in contention for a big free agent. On the other side, I'm a fan of this for Cleveland because they've been public that they're willing to take on 
contract to get picks for them for the future. So they picked up a first and a second in 2021. They're in no rush right now. And They've fully accepted a rebuild process, and you can take on some contracts in the meantime and bring back Deladova, sell a couple extra jerseys. You got nothing else to play tickets. for. Yeah, why not? You know, seriously. And 2021, for people who follow us, is so important. That's going to be the first draft with high school and college right. players. So 2021 picks, in my opinion, are super duper valuable considering you'll have two classes yeah, there. You got a super duper from Christian. So that's super duper. Really, <laughs> super duper. Really important. Scoop to de doop. Super important, guys. <laughs> Starks, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much touched up on everything here. I will say this. I know this is an NBA podcast, but for, I'll spend it a little bit real quick on the fantasy purposes on this trade. There's not really too much value on a fantasy basketball team. The only player that sticks out to me is Sam Decker. Will he get an opportunity to get some minutes to provide fantasy basketball stats? How you guys touched upon the Bucks saving $18 million, that can definitely open up an opportunity for a player to come in and uh, re-sign a player. You already have the Greek freak along with Middleton and you know the other good players that's on there, even surprisingly Brooke Lopez this year. That being said, I'm excited to see what the Bucks do. Hopefully they can take it to the next level. And I know KD did that little quick tweet about, hey, you don't have to stay there if you don't want to be there. But, you know, that's that's for another episode, I'm sure. So <laughs> with that being said, I'll, I'll go ahead and pass the ball to you guys. We've got another trade that I do want to talk about, and I already reported it on Twitter because I've heard from multiple sources that this trade's imminent. And it explains Trevor Ariza's do not play last night. They scratched him from the lineup. Everyone that I've heard this from, Ariza's back in LA. It's a done deal. They're just figuring out details for a third team to potentially send Contavious Caldwell-Pope out there. There's going to be picks involved. There's going to be big contracts involved. But at the end of the day, it's going to be Ariza, most likely probably one other player that end up in Los Angeles. And that is supposed to happen by the end of the week. I put it on Twitter last night. From what I've heard, I felt confident enough to tweet it. And I truly believe that it's going to happen probably by Friday, latest. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a Thursday trade. Tomorrow, when we post this, this might have already went down. It's that imminent to me. So if it's not, I might have jumped the gun, but the sources that I've heard it from all seem pretty confident and it's worth the share and worth the excitement here in Los Angeles because I remember Trevor Reza. He was playing out of his mind when Kobe was here. Big part of playoff runs. Super duper athletic. High energy player. Another super duper from Christian. So God, I'm so, blowing them. So today. we're fucking blowing Reza's dick right now with that. Like super duper awesome. And no, but seriously, what I've been seeing too, Perry, is that likely Trevor Reza, the Lakers, KCP to either the Rockets or another team. Something like that. And they're just figuring out what they're both going to give the Suns. Yeah, and the Suns are in a good spot. They picked up Outside Ariza. of wins and losses. Of course, I'm talking about <laughs> for building for the future. Ariza's not going to do anything for them. No. They went and signed him to a one-year deal. He's able to be traded now. Mm-hmm. You might as well liquefy that for whatever you can get because he's not going to re-sign next year. It's a one-year. We had the money. Might as well grab him deal because he obviously wanted to pick up a contract while he's still in a good part of his career coming off a good year with Houston. Smart move by him. But now he's not going to re-sign. So if you can pick up even a second round draft pick and that's it. That's it. I call that a win because you're not going to pick up anything and you have no potential for this year. So whatever you can get back for him, I think the Suns chalk that up as a win for the future. Let's say they do get a King's Ransom and get something really good and somehow this is a much bigger trade than we actually expect. Then they're putting themselves in an even better spot. But for the Suns, I think this is a win-win because there's not much worse that you can do for your position right now. For the Lakers, if you bring back Ariza, that's a two-way player, a guy that will be able to play perfectly next to LeBron, float out there next to the perimeter, take it to the basket, defend well. He's a perfect guy if you're trying to add to a team that's going to make a playoff run, but doesn't have all the pieces there yet. And he's at the end of his prime, maybe slightly coming out of it, but he's still playing at a very high level. I think it's a great move for the Lakers. Lakers could Totally re-sign him next year on a that, very, that's very team-friendly deal. the same deal. thing with Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. You fall in love with the culture, what you got going on there. LeBron's got another three years past this. You probably are going to re-sign unless you have plans to go reunite with the Rockets. Life doesn't look all that great in Houston right now. He just wants to get out of Phoenix. I can feel it, my man. I got out of there after five years. You want to get out of there as soon as possible. Go get that bread. Totally feel you on that contract. But now, I think he's going to end up in Los Angeles. And real quick, I'm just trying to understand why Phoenix even took him in the first place. I mean, Ariza is the type of player that should be a more established team or even a playoff team. So it only makes sense if he was to go to L.A. Right. And then also, if he wanted to sign another year, if you know, LeBron's there, that makes more sense. I mean, he still provides good content for you for the 3 and D type of player. Like I said, again, as far as Phoenix, 
I don't know why they got him in the first place. I guess they assumed they were going to be something that they're not, right. which is looking like they're going to be not for a while. So with that being said, that's all I got for that. They truly believe they were going to contend like the Mavericks or the Grizzlies this year, a team that you didn't expect, even the Kings. Teams that are right. in the hunt that have potential, you can see wins coming out of nowhere. You can see the players finally carving out their roles. For the Suns, it looks like the Devin Booker show and a bunch of pieces next to him that are kind of lost, don't have the right position, don't have their roles, and a new coach that doesn't have much to work with. DeAndre Ayton's played well. Look at his numbers. It's a double-double, I believe, or close to it. Yeah, his yeah. defensive ability isn't 100%. We said that when he came in the draft. You shouldn't be looking for him to be hustling all over the court, but he'll come up with some big blocks, and he'll transition pretty well, and he's a pretty athletic big. The motor isn't there half the time, but that's something that can grow later. For now, it's not on him. Jackson's playing like shit. He was their first-round pick last year. They decided to hold on to him and not trade him. Doesn't look like that's working out well. Bender, TJ Warren, all these guys that have been playing with slight potential just aren't getting the job done this year. They don't have a true point guard next to Booker. Booker's been playing point guard for the last couple weeks on and off. The Suns have players there that have the potential to be good, and they have Devin Booker and a new coach, and maybe they need a new culture or a city change or a big trade. Whatever has to happen, it has to happen, and soon, because there's tell not you much what, going on. Also, they need, they need a point guard, and they need a, a shot in the ass, because yeah, when I Devin mean, Booker doesn't play, they are useless. Right. I watched one game where he didn't play. It looked like all those jokes, oh, the Eastern Conference. It's like the Bobcats back Oh, in my the day. God. It yeah. was unentertaining to watch. Shout out, Bobcats. <laughs> um, we'll move on to some Nuggets news. Paul Millsap with his broken toe out four to six weeks. He's going to be sidelined and playing well. And another bit of Denver news. They went out and signed guard Nick Young, Swaggy P. So we got to talk about that. Paul Millsap being out. Want to hear your fantasy input on that, Starks, what that means. If there's anybody else people can look for to stream. In the meantime, fantasy is one of Stark's main things. Excited to have him on here talking about that. We have some more questions for him later on in the show about fantasy. But I just want to hear what you would do if you are a Paul Millsap owner. Four to six weeks, what do you do and what do you think about Nick Young? I'm glad you asked. That's a good question. The player that you want to highlight on and, and grab if, if he's available in your free agency or your waiver wire per se is uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez. He's already been starting, but the usage rate is going to go up for him to have more opportunity to shoot the ball. For fantasy purposes and basketball, usage rate, not to be nerdy, I'll just keep it short. It's just pretty much the opportunity for a player to take more shots with a lot of other stuff that I won't get into. So him and then Plumlee might get some time as well. Then Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles is probably in your free agency, so I would be grabbing him. I think the last game that he had was about 36 to 37 plus minutes. Any player that has that many amount of minutes, there's the opportunity to fill the stats she does. Right. Fantasy in general, it's opportunity, the next man up. So 100% with Hernan Gomez and a lot of these other guys that are going to have to fill these minutes for Denver. I want to ask you what you think about the Nick Young signing, if he's still got a role, if you think he's going to really help the Denver Nuggets take them to that next level. They're playing extremely well this year. So what do you think about the Nick Young signing? Yeah, he's still go by Swaggy P. I don't think the Warriors allowed him to go by Swaggy P, but he'll always go by Swaggy P, and I'm sure he has that tatted on his body somewhere, but I think the Warriors legit told him that we're signing Nick Young, so that's who we're getting, and they were very strict about that. Who knows? Weed is legal in Denver. There's a lot more chill views. I don't know if Swaggy P makes a comeback. I think the only logical move for the Nuggets is to go get J.R. Smith now. You have to get J.R. Smith now. It'd be a dirty combo just shooting, jacking up a lot of threes. But no, real quick on that, as far as Swaggy P, because at least we can still call him on here on this podcast. He's not a player that I'll be looking to in a free agency because, I mean, I forgot even Isaiah Thomas played for that team. Did you guys remember him at all? Yeah, I mean, he's, been, he's, not, he's not, easy to, not easy to miss. Is he even playing? Right. <laughs> I would leave him in a free agency. I'm just excited to see him getting back in the league because he's fun to watch. His antics on the court. Obviously, he can get red hot, shoot for threes, and that's a guy that can contribute to your basketball team, but it's the personality that, as a fan, I love seeing him there. Him and his shit with Iggy, he's so over the top. It's just like J.R. Smith, like you said, JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson, he was so much fun oh rooting for. They're such fools, and it's just so funny, and you love it. Draymond, you know, so much of the stuff that they do and that they say. I want to ask you one more question about the Nuggets. Do they end the season as the one seed in the West? I don't see it. I mean, 
as far as them making the playoffs, they should make the playoffs. I mean, that's what I'm sure we're all hoping for. But as far as them to stand on top, I don't foresee that happening. But it's definitely a possibility. No, it definitely is a possibility. And I think last year, them missing the playoffs on that last game against the Timberwolves, it was win or go home. You literally had to win one game and you're in the playoffs. They lost at the short end of the stick. So they were literally the last team out on that Western Conference race that was so close, decided by just a couple games from seeds like three to eight, whatever that was. So they are that team. They made some improvements. And now with how they're playing and the fact that they're going to be getting other players back, Michael Porter Jr. has the potential to play this year. They went out and signed Nick Young now. So they're putting pieces around who they already have. It's just going to be how they can sustain this four to six week period without Paul Millsap. Not that they'll be bad, but as the best team in the West or at least one of the top three, who knows? It might be a completely different team. So that's something we got to keep an eye on. We're going to move on to the next subject of the Bulls and the shit show going on there. It's really bad. They fired Fred Hoiberg last week, their coach, who really never translated to the NBA correctly. Such a good college coach, but never got the respect on the professional level the same way he did it in college. But now he's gone. They have an interim head coach, and a week later, they lose by 56 points, and they get booed off the court in Chicago. The next day, well, they had a group text, is what I've read in reports, debating if they were even going to show up to the practice facility or not. They decided to show up and then told the coaches that they were having a players-only meeting before the actual team meeting. So they spent like an hour and a half doing a players' meeting and then went with like a short team and coaches meeting and they dictated all of it. There's a player's revolt going on in Chicago and clearly there's a leak within the players. You fire a coach, you hope that you can rebuild a culture, at least sustain a culture and build on top of it. Now look what's happening. So Christian, I'm going to ask you what you think about the situation going on in Chicago, if they have any hope for the rest of the year to at least turn the culture around because me and you love talking about culture and how much that means. What's going on in this locker room? Is there any potential of success in the near future? Near future? Like this year? Hell no. If you have, mil- future. If you have millionaires deciding whether they want to practice or play or not, I'm pro player, you know, I'm all about that, but if you get paid that amount of money and you don't want to go to practice just because you got your tail whooped the night before, right. that's egregious. I well, read it's that. like they have a substitute teacher right now. And they're like, oh, we run the classroom because they just fired the coach. So it's, Regardless, we're getting our ass kicked. They're like, do we even want to show up? This dude's such a joke. Like, we're I, such a joke. I can it's understand. So I can understand being pissed off, but you have to show up. If you have a job, you don't get to decide whether you show up or not just because you're pissed off. Now, to defend the players a little bit, yeah. The person who owns the team needs to change that environment because right. what is going on is not cohesive. So whether that's getting a new coach, whether that's sitting everyone down and saying, hey, stop acting like a bitch, someone well, needs to do something. This is when you got to make a trade happen. you got to put some of these oh, yeah. bad apples on other teams. Make some pink slips rain. Get people out of there to pick up picks right now. Any potential that you have, just like Christian and I said, look for the 2021 draft. Start stockpiling now while you can. Getting rid of guys like Justin Holiday, who have a lot of interest around the league, actually. Even if you can get a second-round pick for a guy like Nawaba, or even if you look in Jabari Parker and you look to see what you can get from him since you do have that new contract, contract. unload the contract and try and restart with that. You know you have Wendell Carter. You know you have Markkanen and some Levine. You have some good pieces there, but you need to find a way to add some more veteran presence. A guy like Ariza would have been a perfect move for them to go out and get who a guy that's already not used to winning this year. They could have unloaded some pieces for him. But then he's on a one-year contract might leave the same way. So you need to look for the future. Do something. Do it. You know, because the players don't want to play. Your fans are booing your team out of the stadium. You're the Chicago Bulls. You have rich history, a lot of championship banners, and this is just not the way that it goes. Because if it was like this in Los Angeles... You know there would be some firings. We'd be rioting in the streets. Riots. There'd be all types of stuff that would be happening immediately because you're on that kind of spotlight. But this is also Chicago. So this is no small market that we're talking about with rich history. So Chicago has the same standard to me as Boston, as Los Angeles. These kind of places that have had rich sports history. Orlando. Are meant to... (laughs) Orlando. (laughs) We just said Orlando. Ohio. We're going to... <laughs> quick, little, quick jab, I guess. little jab to Starks real quick. So, what's the weather like there? Just want to talk about get off basketball. I want to hear how the weather's in Ohio right now. Oh man, it's trash, brother. It's uh, about thirty degrees out here, man. 
30 degrees. Oh. So, do you have any, like, weird at-home things to stay warm? Like, you put a carrot up your butt? Or, is like, there is a there, secret? Is there, you got, like, you line your shoes with, like, cow fat? Like, what? As it's, like, a city slicker, help me. City slicker. Help me. Super duper. Wow. <laughs> how, how would someone like me, you know, I lived in the swamps for a little bit, but... If I see any ice, it snowed once in Louisiana. I stayed indoors for two it's days. It's over for me. I did is not it, go outside. Is I was that like, real? you know, last year in New Orleans and in South Louisiana, it snowed. People didn't know how to drive. There was car accidents everywhere. They just shat their pants. I left my house. I slipped, hurt my back, and then was inside for two days. I was like, fuck global warming. I'm done. Oh. Inside. Remember the bench warmers scene where he comes out with the sword with the sun <laughs> and stuff like that? That's how I am with any kind of cold. If it dips below like 60 degrees here, I'm inching out with like a beanie. So I would not be able to last a day. I, well, I'm going to go visit sometime. I got family out in Ohio actually. So at some point I'll go visit, but I'm going to strategically in the summer. plan in the a summer. trip. Yes, in the spring. <laughs> Or summer, I just, I can't do it. Why do it? Why even put myself through that if I can't? Well, how do you do it? Is, oh, yeah, it is, is there hand warmers? Do you do that constantly? <laughs> What's the secret? Do, do you have to start your car before you get in it? Or two pairs of socks and or three? There's so many And you guys, you guys are clowning. This... So, <laughs> you guys are clowning. So, I'll say this. I mean, yeah, it sucks. I mean, you guys can keep piling all that's fine. We can do this dance. So, I do have to warm up my car in the morning. That's not the best feeling. And then number two... Perry, I know you have mentioned about North Face. Yeah, I finally got one. I, I <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I do be wearing that out here. And then, you know, number three, yeah, there's no way around it. It's cold outside. So with snow being out here, and then sometimes you see it go up to three to six inches. And I'm sure you guys would be staying at home, but I'll have to get work. Do people so do people even complain anymore? Or do they just kind of realize that they're in it and they just kind of go about it and just wear enough clothing? Or do people still complain? Like, ah, oh, it's so cold. If someone said that, would you just be like, uh, yeah, fucking obviously. It's or, uh, December. Do you discuss how cold it is and how much you hate it? Or are you past that point? I'm past that point, but it goes both ways still here. People complain still, and then some people are like, ah, oh, it's the cold. We're used to it. You can come pay $1,600 for a one-bedroom in Los Angeles and be in some good yeah. weather, but you have, have, no, away, you have to no money for yourself. Give away your child for a tank of gas. Yeah, you could <laughs> <laughs> sacrifice a lamb just to pay rent that month. Let me do one quick draft. I drove an hour and a half just to leave my garage yesterday. Oh, it was horrible. Dude, I was I was living in Korea, <laughs> Koreatown last year, and I remember I had to call an Uber from this Ralph's <laughs> that I was at to my apartment, and it was a mile and a half or 1.6, and I remember taking two hours before I realized that I can just get out of the car and walk. and walk. But I was on such a time crunch that I knew that I might as well just stay in this car. And then at that point, I already missed what I had to be there for. And it was cold as shit outside because I remember it was the winter. It was 63. I, it took over two, yes, oh, six, wait, 60 wait, degrees. Wait, wait, wait. What, what was the cold weather? Cold as shit for <laughs> me. Right. I told you. I put on a beer. 72 is cold. Out, I go out. <laughs> There was a breeze. You get, there like, was a breeze. You, you can feel my... Sh I'm, I'm like shivering a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, boo-hoo. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's exactly how it is. We have a weird amount of Midwest and East Coast guests on each one of our podcasts. There's been very few times that the guests that I've reached out to are from Los Angeles by... No coincidence at all. It's super weird. There's a lot of the people I interact with on Twitter in the sports community happen to be from Boston's been the main one. I get a lot of like, Celtics and Patriots fans. Ohio as well. Definitely awesome to talk to you guys. And every time I have to talk about the weather, I'm sure my listeners hate me when I bring it up, but blessed here and always have the offer. You come out here and chill with me whenever you want. Catch a Laker game and we'll show you what the beach looks like. Yeah, we'll show you what the beach looks like. We're going to move on to another part of California, and that's Northern California with the Warriors and the dynasty that they have there. And Kevin Durant, who's going to be the hottest free agent this coming year, what he said when was asked about the Warriors dynasty, he said, we'll probably all get statues here in front of the Chase Center. Starks, what do you think about that quote? Man, what do I just think about KD in general? Lay it on. Oh, right. You're a Thunder fan, Starks, so this is extra. Tell our listeners about what your fandom is. I know you're from Ohio. You like the Thunder for basketball. For baseball, you were the Braves, if I'm correct. Right. And then what about for NFL? What was that again? Cowboys. Cowboys, cool. So we're all over the map with Starks. So want to hear your deep hatred for KD and what you think about his quote on the Warriors dynasty. KD in his, in his quote. Honestly, I don't even know who he is anymore. He was one of those players in Thunder that he seemed like a humble, well-kept dude. And, you know, I appreciated the game that he put up. Some things was always questioned for me. Where was his killer instinct? I was looking for that Mamba 
killer instinct when he was Thunder, when he counted the most to really slam the door and beat teams in the playoffs. And, you know, I understood when he lost to Miami that year when they were in the finals with Harden and Serge Ibaka and Russ at the time. But one thing that really resonated to me so so hardly for me to accept is when you go to a, a team that beats you, and you were up 3-1, to one, and you go to that team that beats you, that was already established. And I know this is one of those things that we've been saying and people have been saying around the world, and even still today, that his championships are asterisks. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to no, go as far no, as saying no. that. I'm not saying that at all. It was just a business decision. I mean, he wanted to get championships, and I, and I get it. But how he did it, he's a different person. He's saying crazy stuff, but you kind of question his ability, his heart. He's got that running with Draymond. I mean, I'm sure you guys talked about it yeah, yeah. in the podcast. Yeah. Funny, actually, you know, someone asked me, well, which side starts, are you on? Are you on the Draymond side or Katie's side? Honestly, it's neither side. Neither side. But as far as his quote, though, it's nothing new. He's more of a cocky guy now. He, he doesn't care. He yelled at a fan, shut the, shut the F up. So he just doesn't care. He's about him, and that's it. Yeah, it's about him and his burner accounts, and you can tell that when he went to the Warriors, something changed. You're right. I mean, you remember that MVP speech that we all teared up about when he thanked his mother, and really just, you could feel it. It was one of those special moments in the NBA, and you felt like we had a special guy that was just different. He wasn't a bad guy, was nice, people loved him. Kind of like Steph Curry is right now. What has Steph Curry done wrong? Really, what comments has he made that has been seen in a negative light? Has he made any move? He got drafted on the team. He's a big reason for the Warriors dynasty. He's been there since the beginning. He shows his daughter at his fucking post conferences and his he, pregame conferences. He shows like, that you don't have to be a monster. You can shoot and learn a skill and be a dominant force. Right, but be a nice, he's such a nice person. Everyone, lo- even women love him because of how nice he is with his daughter at every single postgame conference. But you look at KD on the same team, all of a sudden he got signed with the Warriors, went over there, and then felt this need to be a villain, the cupcake thing, and just really yeah. felt this need to take on a different persona. You're right, cussing at people. The amount of technicals that he got last year was more, I believe, than the last five years combined, or his entire time in Oklahoma City. Something right. changed, and yeah, you know, you're getting older. You're a more established player in the league, and maybe someone like Kobe had a talk with him to be like, you know, nice guys don't win. Maybe you need that Mamba mentality, like you were saying, that you were hoping you would see in Oklahoma City. Maybe he's trying to find that. By really talking shit, lighting a fire under his own ass. But I know that KD is not going to be a warrior next year. And that's the take that I gave after the KD Draymond stuff. So wherever he is going, not Golden State. When he said this doesn't affect uh, free agency, I'm like, yeah, because you already decided you're gone. You saw him walk out of that huddle. He said, this is why I'm out. And they literally mouthed him. This is why I'm out. And this was, what, a month after Tony Durant, his brother, made that comment on Instagram that pretty much said pretty much that he was packing up and going, that they're keeping their options open, whatever the exact quote was. Me and my brother are out. Uh, yeah. Of course, Tony Durant just riding the coattail of his brother probably did nothing with himself. You know who Tony Durant is because he's been so vocal about Kevin Durant's future. I honestly believe it's not going to be in Golden State. I think you both can agree with me on that. And I think they're going to win a championship again, just like we've all been saying since the beginning of the year. It's still the Warriors, still Steve Kerr, still this dynasty. Do they continue this after KD when he leaves? That's the question that we're going to have to look at next year. And if the team that KD joins, let's say a team like the Lakers, a team like the Bucks, we were saying, who knows, that has a guy like Giannis or a guy like LeBron. One of those, you have to team up with someone. That's just the culture in the NBA nowadays. When you go out and do that, who knows if the kind of pairing that he'll be able to put together is something scary. Toronto with Kawhi, I don't know. Clippers with who, Kawhi. Who, who knows? Yeah, something right. that can happen with Kyrie in New York. Like It's just so many possibilities that can happen. And I think once we have a podcast when that happens, we'll be able to look at everything. And I'm sure there'll be someone that says, this is the gear the Warriors fall. And it could be a hot take or it could just be... The best take of the year, and you're just pre-prepping it, but it's regardless. Right. This year, I think we still can say the Warriors are going to take home that championship. Right. And if you don't mind me saying this to the people that's listening, all you listeners out there, let's just get it straight. The Warriors are not going to lose. The only way that they lose right. is if they beat themselves. Yep. That's the only way they'll lose this year. Exactly. It's It'd have to be a catastrophic injury or some that's serious true. suspension, something that was on them. Draymond kicks KD in the balls. They just take each other out. They kill each other. Yeah, you know what I mean? Whatever. Anger management classes. Their anger management classes run late. Um, (laughs) But to go back to the original comment, 
The only way KD is getting a statue is if he builds at his own house. It's not going to happen at any stadium he played at. And that has, that's not an indictment as him as a player. It's not going to happen at OKC. It sure as hell isn't going to happen at Golden State. So unless he goes somewhere else and wins a championship and doesn't leave or act like a little cupcake, then he's not going to get his... I think Steph Curry is the only person with a guaranteed statue right I agree. now at Golden State. Yeah. Guaranteed. If you guys don't mind, can I ask you guys a question? Of course. So let me ask you this. Do you guys think, and I'm sure Katie probably said something different, but the way Katie talks and maybe the way he thinks, do you think he thinks he's better than LeBron? I'll feel this. If you're that good, I don't see how you don't think you're better than LeBron. You see, here's what makes me think that. It's because the last week or two, I've read a billion reports. I don't know why all of a sudden... KD is connected so hard to Kobe and MJ and his love and affection for them. Obviously, he's always looked at them like a role model. But the last week, I've read multiple quotes. KD said, any person that comes to my house, friends, family, anybody, I force them to watch MJ tape with me. Like, they have to sit there on my couch and watch MJ tape with me. And it's just like Picasso or Beethoven. He compared him to any of these people where it's like, you just have to kind of thing. And I was like, okay, it like, sounds good, I guess. You know, and then... He said the same thing about the Kobe Mamba mentality and stuff, but you don't hear the affection towards LeBron. I think it's because it's his competitor, and he doesn't want to sit there and say, oh, this guy who's also in the West, you know, all this, the records we go back and forth my on. My daddy. Yeah, my, he's my daddy. You know, I just, I suck him <laughs> off every time we play. It, it's not going to be like that. You're going to appreciate your elders, quote unquote, the people before you, and even though LeBron is older than him and should be retired because he has the most minutes played like of all time and he's the most conditioned athlete of all time should be at this point up in the rafters already in Miami and Cleveland it's crazy to think that Katie would think he's better than LeBron because the answer is an astonishing no and LeBron's the best player that we've ever seen people love to have this Michael Jordan debate with me MJ was the best of his time MJ was and is probably the best champion to ever play in the NBA. The most winningest player. He started it all. He's a trailblazer, but his competition wasn't there. There was a different time in the NBA. He can't and play baseball for shit. It's LeBron James would dominate in any era. It doesn't matter what era you put him in. You can put MJ in multiple eras, and we can have this debate. It's whatever. I'm sure MJ would succeed and still be one of the greatest in any era. But LeBron James is and would be the best athlete of all time and by far the best basketball player of all time in any era, any day, any time. There's no debate. And his career is still going. And who knows when that's going to end. Because I'm saying if you end his career today and still put it with MJ's, I'm still saying LeBron's the best player of all time. Not the most winningest player of all time and not the best champion because you can see the success of the Bulls. But player comparison to player comparison, it is not even close. And that is my not hot take is just the I've, take I've that I've been I here unwrapped. That's just our official statement about LeBron. We it's, all kind of have. And that uh, was long before he came to Los Angeles. This was when he was still winning that championship in Cleveland. Before he won that championship, we were have been saying since the beginning, this is the best athlete to ever pick up any ball, puck, anything, stick. Doesn't fucking matter. He is. <laughs> Better than anyone you can ever come up with. When Wayne Gretzky. I don't fucking care who you come up with. Anybody. No one is a better athlete than LeBron James. When he single-handedly, not single-handedly, with the help of Kyrie Irving, came back 3-1, I turned off that game 7, went upstairs, laid in my bed, and I was like, I just witnessed the best basketball player that I've seen up until this point do something that solidified his greatness as the best basketball player of all time. And we had this conversation before the show of, He's an even better person oh, yeah. than basketball oh, yeah. player. And that's one thing that, Starks, I know you're not a huge Ohio fan. I know you said you respect LeBron for coming back and winning that championship for Ohio, where he was born and raised and spent most of his career. What I did read into it when you were talking about the decision, he said that that was college for him. He didn't get to have the hats in front of him like the recruits, and he gets to pick USC or UCLA. He said that up until five minutes before the decision, he had hats. He literally oh, wow. was going to do it like the college thing, but decided it wasn't best. He said it was not supposed to be any kind of bad feeling to anyone. I never left the state of Ohio. You know, I've never left Cleveland. Right. And he said this was 
me going and spending four years in college. You know, Miami was me going out there, exploring, expressing myself, doing my thing, going, having fun with the boys. And then when yeah. he was done, he came back home. That's what actually kind of changed my opinion on the decision because as a time, you know, we were more kids back then and we would think, oh, this guy just is the villain and we always put this, yeah. this tag on him. But then you look at it back now and everything he's done in his career and didn't he deserve that? You know, didn't he deserve to leave Cleveland for one second and go do something other than serve that city and then end up coming back and doing the best thing in Cavaliers history? Well, think of it this way. He went to Miami to learn the tools necessary to come back to Cleveland to win them a championship. Right. I mean, he couldn't do it on his own. He was pretty damn close. You remember that team that he brought to the championship? It was the weakest roster around any superstar that I've ever seen make an NBA championship. You remember that team with Zagrunas, Elgauskas, and... Mo Money. Yeah, Mo all of those players. Mo Money. <laughs> Delonte. Delonte West, his father. You know, like, <laughs> so many pieces yeah. there that he almost took on his back at such a young age. And then right. it wasn't meant to be because the team was so awful. And the fact that he did that showed how amazing he was. We'll get off LeBron at this point. It's just, how do you not have this conversation? How do you not... Just relish in his greatness, like Christian said, he went to bed that night really realizing, you know, this is the best player to ever play, and I watched probably the greatest thing that any player has done right now. Live. Live. And and this is not even close to the end. Who knows when the end is, because he does biotherapy and other things to keep his body at the top level that no player has ever done before. Think about if MJ conditioned his body the same way that LeBron did. He would have been playing for another five, ten more years, and who knows what the GOAT debate would have been at that point, but... 2018, 2019 medicine right now, what you can do for your body, the dietary restrictions you can put on yourself. It's insane to see what he's doing. He's a physical specimen. It's ridiculous. Right. It's almost like he's getting finer with like wine with age, man. It just makes no sense at all. Yeah, so, and, and you know. at the beginning of the season, you could almost tell that he was playing at like 75%. He didn't even try fully. Right. And he finally right. stepped it up once he started getting the feel for the team and his role it's it's crazy i can't even talk about how excited i am for the rest of the year because i don't even know what he's going to do this is insane doesn't matter who's on his team we have such a great core around him but you could put della vadova's around him all day and that's it he's going to take you to the eastern conference championship or western conference championship with the potential of winning a championship this year regardless who you have we'll get off lebron want to ask you some fantasy basketball questions stark really quick just maybe some moves that you're making this week who's hot who's not and kind of what your strategy is for fantasy basketball at this point of the season right so i'm sure you guys are obviously familiar with uh, the waiver wide with fantasy football in general just picking up players um basketball is a little different because i mean there's multiple games throughout the week and we like to use a streaming option to add players and then just kind of utilize some stats and then drop them the next day but two players that i want to highlight on Perry was mentioning opportunity. So there's two players that's getting opportunity in Phoenix right now. So Anthony Melton is one player that you want to get, grab immediately if he's available. He shouldn't be, but if he is, make it happen now. And then Josh Jackson, NBA bust, but at the same time, he's giving you weird stats that he may be able to produce a couple of accounting stats for you. So go ahead and add him. So that's my take as far as grabbing players this week. I would say it's a really similar tactic to fantasy football. And we do play fantasy basketball with me and Christian, Corbin, the rest of the guys here, just starting to get into it to another level. So we're going to learn a little bit from Starks, play with him hopefully next year too, get into this. But if you have any fantasy basketball questions, anything like that, you need to be checking out the Fantasy Unicorns and their website, thefantasyunicorns.com. Go check out Starks on his Twitter because his content is amazing. He's always staying on it, so he's there to help you out on a day-to-day basis with fantasy. His articles are on point, tweets are on point, so you need to go check him out. We're both on the Pulse Podcast Network. Us, our team, you and your team, we both love it. We've been growing super fast. You need to go check out Pulse Pod Network on Twitter. They got all types of podcasts now, even beyond sports. I believe we're getting into true crime, comedy, so many other things that so many layers to the podcast world. And you can find everything on Pulse Podcast Network. So make sure you're checking us all out on there. We are on SoundCloud still, but transitioning to podcast.com. So we'll be on there as well as the Apple Podcast app. You need to go leave us a review. If you love us, tell us what you think. If you hate us, definitely leave us a review. Definitely want to hear what you say. We hate you too. Uh, (laughs) The Jersey Express is our sponsor. 10% off promo code PULSE. 
at Jersey Express underscore or thejerseyexpress.com. NBA jerseys, NCAA jerseys, they have a player hoodie, kind of a mixture of like a hockey jersey and an NBA jersey. They're super cool. The quality is great. I was looking at some jerseys on there. There's the LeBron James alternate jersey right now, 40 bucks. All these other ones, 40 bucks for Christmas gifts, anything like that. Make sure you're checking out thejerseyexpress.com and using promo code PULSE for 10% off any purchase on there, guys. Thank you so much, Starks, for joining us. It was such a pleasure. No problem. Can I just do a quick plug on something real quick? Of course. You plug whatever you want, my man. Perry had already mentioned the fantasyunicorns.com. We had a unicorn, our doc, Jay, he dropped the article today that's very important, so that way you guys can get a leg up on fantasy basketball like what Perry was kind of telling that we're going to provide for you guys. So his article, just to brush up on I'm not going to put you guys to sleep, is basically an idea how you can build a team. We're dynasty-driven, but we also do redraft leagues. Make sure you read his article. His article is basically an all-NBA question team, Mark, uh, Mark team. So go ahead and give that a read. Again, as he mentioned before, you can find me at Starks underscore industry. I'm the guy with the Iron Man avatar. You can always tweet me any questions that you may have, and I'll answer as quickly as possible. And you guys, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. Perry and Christian, they're doing awesome things here, and they're putting in a lot of work, so I, I definitely approve yeah, doing here. we're all killing it here and on the Pulse Podcast Network we're all working as a team it's great we're doing all types of guest appearances we got our website going out uh, next Tuesday is the date where it should be going out if not it'll be that week together so very excited we got articles already broiling and some other people that are going to be doing some guest stuff for us also I I'm got, buying a new laptop for this uh, we, this is weird getting cr- in uh, this for Christmas I'm getting myself all new software equipment we're taking this to the next level in 2019 we just want to tell you guys how much we appreciate you we don't know if we'll get out another episode before Christmas I'm sure we will but just want to wish you guys a happy holiday just Hanukkah Christmas whatever you celebrate we just love you guys and want you guys right now to know how much we appreciate you and what you do for us on a day-to-day basis interacting with us listening to our podcast we couldn't do this without you or else i'd be talking to myself and that's freaking pathetic so thank you guys so much appreciate you guys listening to our nba pod nfl pod fantasy football pod and we do have the college football podcast that's going to be dropping officially officially next year in full swing but we've already had a couple episodes out content on there and mike from our last nba episode is teaming up with christian and we should we should be getting out an episode before the holiday season to cover all the bulls going on and everything like that and then you can keep an eye out on us for all of our nfl draft coverage recruiting classes where will jalen hurts end up all of the questions that you're gonna have christian has got you mike has got you i got you no matter what, Unwrap's here for you guys. And again, remember, thejerseyexpress.com, 10% off with promo code PULSE. At Pulse Podcast Network, you can follow me at Perry Aston. Follow Christian at McGowan75. Starks at Starks underscore industry. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you guys next time.